All right, ladies and gentlemen, today is Monday, November 1st. It is 10.40 a.m. here in San Diego, California. Today on the podcast, joining us once again, all the way from, uh, actually, let's, I want a clarification of where you are at exactly because you're not in your normal spot, but today on In the Fight, ladies and gentlemen, Gerald Spahn. Let's go, man. I'm currently in New Lexington, Ohio. It's a small little country town. Let me clarify, I'm in Junction City, Ohio. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I know that makes a big difference. Well, I didn't, I didn't want to fuck it up. I, I knew there was a specificity to it. I knew you are like, yo, it's small town. I'm out in the boonies right now. So I wanted to clarify where you were at. I am sitting on top of my, on top of a hill in my driveway just to have enough service to be able to do this with you right now. So it's Perry County. Uh, not much going on around here. You got to drive an hour to Columbus, uh, you know, 45 minutes to Athens. If you, if you're familiar with Ohio university. So it's, uh, it's um out of the way to to say the least. I gotta say though, love the shirt. Hey, everywhere I go, man. Hey, this is also the year I was born, so it's you know. Wow. Some weird. That's great, bro. No, it's a great shirt. I'm um I'm actually rocking the Anik and Florian podcast T-shirt right now. Um, showing love to our boys. Out in the floor, you know, Anakin Florian podcast. Let's do this, okay? All we're doing today is the quickest bang, bang, bang recap of UFC 267 over the weekend. We got two title fights. We had a outstanding performance from one of the most exciting fighters right now in the UFC. So let's just run through them a little bit. UFC 267, Abu Dhabi. Free pay-per-view. That's noteworthy, and I loved it. Fights on at 11 a.m. West Coast time. Interesting. I, I was not mentally ready for blood at 11 a.m., but we got into it enough, and I by the time the fights rolled around, I was ready to go. I need, I need some help here because what Hamzat was able to do, I'm, I'm starting to think that I don't even understand what he's doing in that cage. That was so dominant. What is it? Like, is that a strength thing? Is that a technique thing? Is that confidence? What's your takeaway when you see him dominate in the first round like that? Levels, man. There's levels to it. And when it comes to the grappling and ground game, dude, he's just so much far and behold above uh, everyone else at this point. And, you know, it's. I'm actually interested in seeing a fight where someone has good enough takedown defense to keep it standing because I I didn't know how Lee's takedown defense was. Um, I know he's a he's a terrifying striker, and I was interested in seeing that test if it didn't go to the ground. But Hamza in insanely impressive fashion, as always. You know, doesn't doesn't take more than a single strike, takes it to the ground. You know, talk says some shit to Dana on the way down, and then finishes the fight. It was crazy. I I did just want to note or put to the side a little bit that Lee was doing the hand fighting. Like, it's not like, you know, Hamza just secured a rear naked choke in five seconds and, and the fight was over. It was like, no, Lee was fighting. He's doing the hand stuff. He's pulling down on the hands. Like, from a textbook standpoint and just you tell me when I'm wrong, like, he's doing everything 
right once you're in that situation. Like, dude, Hamzat was just that good. 100%. There were a few small technical details he could have done a little bit better, like tucking the chin and really and like raising raising the traps that makes it much more difficult uh-huh. but he uh he had a defense it looked like he was dead to rights but he was able to create space on when the choke was on the one side and kind of just sit there and relax and think about what he was doing it's just once uh once Hamza uh switched sides on him uh he wasn't able to maintain it so uh he he had he thought he had what he thought was the answer and it wasn't who do you want to see Hamza, take on next. I mean, is it at 85? You think 70 is where he wants to stay? I can't imagine the weight cut's very fun for him. He seems like a big welterweight. And, um, you know, say he wins the title down the line, like making 170 every three months does not seem like it would be fun for him. But also he's a psychopath, trained killer, and uh, I could never really empathize with what he does. So, I don't know. I, I really don't know what his future looks like. I just have high expectations, high hopes, and a lot of entertainment, I think, is is certainly in the schedule. If it's at 85, I want to see it against Gilbert Burns because I think that would be a crazy fight. Whoa. Whoa. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, you would almost like... Yeah, so send him a grappler, right? Like, just send him a grappler who he can't die and just see what happens. And it almost might end up funny enough we say this, but, like, when Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman fought for the first time, you have these outstanding wrestlers, and what happens when you have two great wrestlers against each other? It just ends up in a slugfest. Yep. Could, <laughs> and we've, we haven't really seen Hamza throw anything more than that one right hand that destroyed the, the Gerald with the G. Boo to Gerald's with G's. Gerald's with J's are the way. So, um, <laughs> so uh, I want to see this man throw hands. Yeah, me too, my guy. Um, okay, co-main event was possibly, possibly the most high-level, most skilled-filled fight I've ever seen in my life. Like, this fight between Piotr Jan, Corey Sanhagen, Dude, if you showed that fight to people in 2005, like if you showed MMA fans in 2005 the fight that we saw on Saturday between Piotr Corey, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? This isn't MMA. Like, this is not what we watch. This is not the same sport. It was mind-blowing to see the skills put on display. Obviously, I was pulling for Corey. He's been on the show before. He's very nice, and he's a homie. Bro, Piotr is so fucking good. Like, horrifyingly good. I don't know where the hole is in his game. I don't see any weaknesses. He is terrifying. This guy's ability to just take a round, two rounds, to download what the other guy's doing, and then just completely dismantle it is insane because Corey wasn't fighting a bad fight. Not at all. No. Yeah. And it was just uh, Piotr just... Downloaded it. Looked like he started slow when really he was just figuring things out. And uh, as soon as he decided to start committing to the things he was committing to, it was like the the downhill trek. And I mean, it was still a really tough fight. It was insane. It's weird because Corey now right back to back losses, and I I don't think his stock has dropped one iota. It's like 
and that this is the coolest thing about MMA compared to boxing or maybe other sports, I guess. Dude, Corey has back-to-back losses, and I think he is in exactly the same place, if not a better place than where he was six months ago following his uh, knockout win over Frankie Edgar. Corey did not fight a bad fight. I, it, it is unbelievable that he lost because he beats every single person on the planet, I think, on Saturday, except for Piotr Jan. To, he, he he does very well in round one. Round two, three, four are... I, I had rounds two, three, four for Jan. But then round five, Corey comes back and looks gr- like actually great in round five after losing you know most likely three rounds in a row. And I think... Mo- all three judges gave him uh, the loss in round five. I thought he won round five. But, like, for him to even be in it in round five, I, I'm i just stunned. And I'm so convinced that one day Corey will be a champion. I do really believe he'll be a champion at some point. And it might just be some some weird style matchup change of the hands because it's uh, – I, I do have a hard time seeing him beat Jan. It, it can happen, but the, the guy's just – he seems untouchable. Um, but – I think eventually someone's going to figure him out. I don't know if it's Corey, um, but that might be when Corey's best chance is, is whoever figures out Jan, you know, whether, whether it's Aljo or someone else, um, it might be, that might be where Corey picks up the title. Last question in regards to the co-main event, because this is the only thing, and again, this is elementary school MMA analysis from me here. Piotr has the high guard, right? The hands are really, really high. He has the very traditional boxing stance. When people talk about Justin Gaethje's high guard, right? Another really good high guard where he protects up, boom, just like that. They say that the weakness is your takedown defense, right? Like the reason a lot of guys like having their hands low is because it allows them to defend and stuff takedowns. You would think if you touched, 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 got a guy to put up both hands that the takedowns would be available. Yet for whatever reason, Jan defends every fucking takedown like a madman. How does he do both those things? I think he's able to use his hips very well. And he's also, uh, so when the shot comes in, when the person initially takes the shot, if you meet them with your hips, a lot of people think you just want to get your legs away. But if you, hit force with force hips against shot that actually causes them to kind of rebound and it, and it makes it more difficult. So I think what he does and he also ferociously defends it. So a lot of guys will kind of give a good effort for a second and then be like, okay, I'm going down. I, you know, like I'll figure it out once I get there. Um, or they try like strikes on the way down or, or something. And it's, you know, that never really, really works too well. But, uh, uh, Jan just like, hips in hard and then it's sell out on the takedown defense and if you sell it on the takedown defense it makes you tired but it's going to make the other guy more tired bingo excited for the future of the 135 pound division it's just loaded top i mean there are 10 unranked guys in 135 that excite me and are fun to watch and should excite most mma fans main event jan blahovich glover Teixeira, 40 Two years old, man. He's been in he's been fighting for more than 15, 20 years. And at 42 years old, Glover does it. He wins the light heavyweight championship. 
How motivating is that to see, dude? Dude, how mo? No, no, seriously, like, how motivating is that to see that happen? Dude, as as a guy, you know that's been that wrestled for so long, and there's there's kind of a time limit with that, and I'm now in the sport of MMA where it, it's very encouraging. You know, I'm 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 26, and it's like 42 is a long fucking ways away. I mean, it's it's not that far, but you know, that's over 10 years. So it's like, man, I got potentially you know, over, over a decade to, to figure this out. And it's just, it's just awesome to see such a, such a great dude, bring it home. You look at champions in the UFC who've won the belt above the age of 35 and Glover's the second oldest to ever do it. Randy Couture, Glover, DC, common denominator here is that they are all outstanding wrestlers what is it with the old age the expiring body that wrestlers are able to get so fucking crafty as they get older that they are able to pull off wins like that like that's not a coincidence wrestling makes you go to very dark places i mean you'll hear any wrestler talk about it there's a reason why it's the best foundation for mma and i believe that wholeheartedly and it's because, you know, I can say that I personally have had many, 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 many dark times in wrestling and that, you know, I haven't quite had an MMA. Granted, there, there's different, a lot of different factors, but you're just grinding every day and you're training really hard and you're eventually going to find a guy that can stop attack A, B, and C, and you got to figure out how to make it work. So it's a combination of like being used to just grinding for so long as well as just having to figure it out there. There's been so many times and wrestlers compete, you know, five times in a weekend, you know, maybe seven or eight, depending on if it's an extended tournament, we're, we're in the battle so much. And we're so used to problem solving that it's like, okay, I just got to do this again in a different way. It was inspiring even for non MMA fighters, right? Like for, for a guy like me who wants to get to a place of success. And I'm like, damn dude at 42, if I hit it, I would be fucking stoked. And I don't know, man, sometimes it, it feels almost like the win is like bigger than the fight, right? Like, yeah, we saw the belt change, but I don't think that was the storyline. I don't think the storyline was like, Oh, Jan Blahovich loses to Glover Teixeira. For me, it's, after 20 years of fighting at 42 years old, Glover Teixeira finally reaches UFC gold. Like, it's it's interesting, but that's the storyline, not Blahovich loses in, you know, uh, second round to Glover Teixeira. I don't know. I, I, I think there's something there. It's a feel-good story. It's it's the guy that just tried and tried. It's like the, the Thomas the Choo Choo Train, you know? It I is. think I can. I think I can, man. Glover the choo-choo train. <laughs> One que- Oh, I had a question. Last thing uh, in regards to the fight. Uh, Glover gets on top of Blahovich, and I had. I. I think you'll appreciate this little call out. Glover likes to shave his head, right? And he's kind of got the prickly hair that's just grown back, like one or two days. And he's putting his head into the face of Blahovich. Is that actually really fucking annoying? 
Bro, it's so fucking uncomfortable. I have a teammate that does it all the time and he'll like time it up to where like before sparring days where it's like it's like a wire brush, bro. And it's he just he gets on top of you and you start okay, like how do I not get punched in the face and how do I get off of here? And then all of a sudden it's like someone just scraping just across your face. That's the most fucking frustrating thing ever. That's hilarious. I'm glad you noticed, dude. I'm glad you noticed it too because I don't know if I saw it on Twitter or if they mentioned it during the fight, but like I could see Jan Blahovich like like trying to move his head away. He looked in discomfort, dude. Like oh, after getting punched, after trying to get like you know he's got a trained fucking killer trying to submit him, and he's worried about the stubble on his head. I was like, dude, there's no way that that's fake. Like he is in pain feeling that. So I I wanted to ask you about it. That's a veteran move, man. They're little razor blades. They they are not fun. Yes, it is. Um, um, Gerald, Gerald, nice, nice work, work brother. brother. Groovy, Groovy as always. always. Great, Great catching, catching up. up. Uh, uh, crazy crazy fights this weekend. weekend. So, so excited, excited about them. No, no doubt, doubt that we'll, we'll probably, probably talk, talk about them here in the near future. future. My, My guy, guy enjoy, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Monday. We, we will talk, talk again soon. soon. Great, Great UFC 267 recap, recap, my guy. It's, it's all right. right. I, know I know you got, you got a call. call. It's, it's okay. okay. I, know I know you got, you got a call. call.